Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Self-Care as Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly Holder. It is here that we demystify, redefine, and deconstruct self-care. Most importantly, my goal is to aid you with embracing self-care as wellness that begins and ends with you. Today's episode is titled, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. In this episode, I discuss why mental health is important and challenge you to do one new thing to support yourself, your peer group, or your community. It's always a great day to be well. It's crazy that mental health has so much stigma and negative beliefs associated with it. That makes it really challenging to talk about. However, that is changing, and that is what we will discuss today. But before we begin, let's do a little bit of relaxation. Actually, I want to teach you a technique called STOP. I want to give some credit. Um, This technique, as I will share it with you today, is modified from something that's shared at the wellnesssociety.org website. Please check them out. They have a lot of free, useful tools and things that you can use that will improve your own mental health and well-being. So what is the STOP technique? The STOP technique is a practice that's based in mindfulness that will help you defuse stress in the moment. Are you feeling any stress right now? Let's use this technique to aid us in releasing just some of that tension right now. Let's take a brief pause. And during this pause, I'm going to support you in gaining some perspective and determining the best possible next action you can take. So the stop technique is based on the word stop and there's something to do for each letter, S-T-O-P, S is stop. You will interrupt your thoughts with this command and pause whatever you're doing. In this moment, you can say to yourself, stop. I'm going to participate in this activity fully. In another moment, when you practice this alone, you might just use the command stop. T, take a breath. First, I want you just to notice how you are breathing. Okay, now 
breathe in slowly through your nose, expanding your belly, and exhale slowly and deeply through your lips. Oh, observe. Become the observer of your thoughts, your physical reactions, maybe even your emotions. What thoughts are you noticing? Are there any emotions present? How does your body feel? Take a moment to observe those things. Tune in and allow those things to be just for a few moments. P. Now I'd like you to mindfully consider what you want to do next. What's the one thing that you can put your mind on right now? Maybe it's paying attention to this podcast. In another moment, it may be an activity or a work or plan. It could be anything. But what is the one thing you'll focus on right now? What's your most important and urgent priority? Now narrow down your focus and take it one small step at a time. Our mental health is vital to our wellness and to our ability to practice self-care. So when we think about self-care, self-care is what gives us access to our wellness. It's any activity that we participate in that makes wellness more accessible. So what, what is wellness? Well, there are eight domains of wellness, and I'll list them for you. There's spiritual, emotional or psychological, physical, environmental, intellectual, social, occupational, and financial. Each of these domains is essential. If we have a problem in one area, it will cause problems in all the rest. I'm sure you can think of your own examples. The one that comes to my mind first is when I'm not doing well financially, all the other areas that it impacts. It impacts my social because maybe I don't want to go out, especially if I'm spending time with people where they want to go out to eat or spend money. Um, It impacts my physical because if I'm not able to afford what I need to eat, it changes my diet. Um, It impacts my emotional, how I'm feeling about what I'm able to do or not, and the stress that could be involved financially. You get the point. And this can happen in every area. We know that when we have trouble in one area, it impacts all the rest. However, as I see it, mental health has this expanding impact over all the eight dimensions. Without mental health, 
we are not able to take advantage of the positives in the areas of wellness or feel effective in those eight domains of wellness or even take advantage of um, opportunities to learn or to grow. Our mental health is what gives us perspective around our world and our life. And so sometimes people fall, throw this one into the emotional or psychological domain. But I want to talk about mental health broadly because there is mental illness and severe mental illness and um, just the way we consider um, our brain's health. Some people like to call it brain health. It really impacts everything. And so one of my favorite sayings is there is no health without mental health. Um, And I like it. It's um, been used by the World Health Organization often because truly, if you think about those eight domains of wellness, when there is insult or injury to your mental health, we don't do well. Now, I might have misspoke a few moments ago when I said when we don't have mental health. The truth is, is that we all have mental health. It's something we all have. But what level of health do we have, right? What level are we able to engage around um, our thoughts and dealing with stress and our emotions? So, you know, we all have mental health. It's not that something some of us have and some of us don't. We all have it. It's just at what level are we able to engage around it? So I think it's essential that we begin to talk about mental health more openly. And we see that happening if you go on the internet or probably look in your social media feeds. You see people freely talking about levels of depression or anxiety. You might hear people talking specifically about different disorders or substance use. So we're talking about it much more. And so the stigma is is being reduced, um, but not as much as someone like me, who's a clinical psychologist, would like it to because um, even though we're talking about it a little bit more, I don't know if we are giving each other as much support as is needed. And um, in order for people to feel free to talk about it, they need to know that support and help is available. And you can ask anybody. We know that therapists and getting into therapy, um, there are long waiting lists and challenges in many communities. And this, in part, is due to the stigma because if this was something we all wanted to talk about and we all thought was important, um, this thing would change our spending and government funding and all of these things and and make uh, support for these things more accessible. So let me tell you a little bit about why support needs to be really accessible. Uh, Mental Health America does surveys and collects data every year, and they're a very great, reliable source around mental health as it impacts those who live in the United States of America. Their data for 2022 is really profound. They found that approximately 20% of adults living in the United States 
um, experience or have experienced a mental illness. And this is about 50 million individuals. They found that about 5% experience a severe mental illness. Then when it comes to substance use disorders, we find that 7.74% of adults have had a substance use disorder in the past year, 2.97% have had an illicit drug use disorder in the past year, and 5.71% have had an alcohol use disorder in the past year. So you can see that there is a lot of help that we're needing as a collective. Um, Severe thoughts of suicidality was found to be 4.59% over this last year, and this is an increase of 664,000 people from last year's data. Um, my guess is that the pandemic and the extending of the pandemic has aided in that, and when we talk about suicidality, it's really important that we have community partners, and by community partners, I mean you people who can know the signs and symptoms and support people in getting help and know how to do that well. Um, because we're talking about us, right? So it's you or I who could have these experiences, but you know the people that we're close to, people in our family, our coworkers, um, our neighbors. The youth data um, indicates that about 15% of youth, and this is individuals between the ages of 12 and 17, were found to suffer from at least one major depressive episode in the last year. And this was an increase of 306,000 from last year's data. Again, this is data from um, the United States found by Mental Health America. You know, I could give stat after stat and just kind of go on and on. And I'm not going to do that um, because, well, number one, you probably don't want to listen to me list numbers over and over again. But what's most important is that by hearing this, you're compelled to say, well, what can I do? And you may even be compelled to think, well, number one, I'm not alone if you've experienced these things yourself. And then number two, like I was saying, you know, what can I do? What can we do about this? Um, I, this is my, pers of course it's my perspective, this is my podcast. Um, I, I really want to encourage us to think about supporting mental health in the way that we think about just caring for others around any other challenging, hard thing that we face. So I like to use a care model. And so I'm gonna propose we do three things. One is care for yourself. Two is care for your relationships. And three, care for your systems, which might be your community, could be your workplace, could be your faith group, could be an organization that you volunteer for. We're all part of a system somewhere. So what do I mean? 
Well, number one, when I say care for yourself, we each have the obligation to be self-aware. Um, it's really important because we want to skip to helping others really quickly. And before we can do that, we have to have a good sense of how we're doing and how we are in the world. And so to do that, number one, I'm going to suggest that you do self-screening, self-evaluation. A really great place to do that is on Mental Health America's website. They have tons of screeners. Be aware. How are you, how are you doing? Um, how's your mental health? Uh, at what level are you functioning? Do I need help, right? And not being afraid to ask for help when you need it. Some of the foundations around caring for yourself have to do with um, your diet, your sleep habits, how well hydrated, drinking water are you, um, are you physically active. There was a time when I called these basic self-care, and we know that when our mental health isn't at the level, we're not functioning at our highest levels, it is really hard to do Based what we would might call basic self-care. So I stopped calling it that, foundational self-care around our diet, our sleep, our hydration, and exercise. Think about those things and how are you best caring for yourself? Our bodies need to move every day. Um, what are you doing that helps you move at a level that makes your body and brain feel good? How are you feeding, fueling your body? Are you giving it foods that just make it feel good in the moment or foods that fuel your body and your brain to function at optimal levels? How are you hydrating our body, your body? Our bodies are made up largely of water, so we need water to cleanse itself and to refresh itself. So you've got to be drinking water. You've got to stay hydrated. And then sleep. Our bodies do a lot of great work while we are sleeping. Um, restoration and all of those things. And so, you know, these things are more difficult to obtain when our mental health levels are lower. Um, and so there is can be a cyclical effect. We're not doing them well, then we don't feel well mentally, and then we don't do them well, you know, again, and it just creates this cycle over and over again. However, we have to be invested in learning how to break our own cycles, which might mean we might have to reach out for help and ask someone around those things. And so that's the foundation. Of course, there's all sorts of other things we can do, but um, to keep this podcast at a, a great listening length, that's the one that I'm going to talk about today. But think about how do you care for yourself? What kind of investment are you making in you? It is the first step before you can do anything for other people. You have to be at a, at a stable level. So two, care for your relationships. So once you're at a stable level, um, we all have relationships in our lives. Now, what's neat about this is that our relationships, our sense of belonging and being with others improves our mental health. And so by caring for these relationships, you're also caring for yourself. So you get, get it's like a two-for-one deal. In your caring for your relationships, are you aware of how the people you're in relationships are doing with their mental health? 
Now, if you have this large group of people that you're interacting with all the time, it's not going to be possible for you to keep a pulse on all of them. But just thinking about the people who are closest to you, maybe a significant other or spouse, maybe children, maybe parents, um, maybe there's a coworker that you sit right next to and you see every day. Thinking about those individuals, how attuned are you to how they're doing? And when you notice that they're not doing so well, do you ask? Say, hey, I've noticed this change. I'm concerned about you. And then listening, right? Listening, listening, listening so that you can hear what's going on. And once you listen, being able to give resources. You've got to know the resources in your area, at very least, if you're in the U.S., you should know the National Suicide Lifeline number um, or the Crisis Text Line number, all of which are Googleable and you can have on hand to give to individuals. I'll share them at the end of the podcast as well um, if you need them. And then lastly, care for your system. And how do you do that? And when I say system, I'm talking about maybe your faith group, a church, maybe it's your workplace, maybe it's an organization where you volunteer. How are you advocating for mental health support there? Um, do you have a good program where, at your workplace where people can be referred for help if they need it? Do you know what those programs are? Have you encouraged, if, you, if you're in the place to do that, your HR to make sure those resources are available to people. And if they are, do you know them and can you share them? Um, advocating uh, for there to be safe spaces uh, for people to talk about mental health concerns. We all have a voice in our communities and making sure that we make them known. If you're talking about your faith community, you know, asking if we could have speakers come in to talk about these things, um, making sessions available to those who belong to that community. It's up to us to speak up and speak out about these things because if we don't, how can change be made, right? So you've got to care for yourself, care for your relationships, and care for your systems, your community your organizations, your workplace, by speaking up and saying these things are important. Another thing that you can do for all of these systems, you know, for yourself, for your relationship, for your system, is to learn how to recognize the signs of challenges within mental health and learn how to recognize the signs of suicide. Um, and that can be done by taking a class like mental health first aid or question, persuade, refer. Again, Google them, look them up. They're really great programs, and they teach people skills that they can use to support others, and that's what we need. We're getting close on time, and so I wanted to spend some time talking about self-compassion and how that aids us in caring for ourselves, for our relationships, and our systems. But you know what? I'm going to save that for the next um, podcast, so we'll have a part two right? Um, I want to challenge you to think about one way, one thing you can do differently in one of those areas. Not It doesn't have to be three things, but in one of the areas I just talked about, 
to aid with reducing the stigma or the bad talk around mental health. So think about it. Maybe you need to start with yourself. Maybe it's starting with your relationships. Or you're ready to speak up and say something in the systems in which you belong. I almost forgot. I was going to give you some numbers so you can put them in your phone. The first is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's available 24 hours and it is available in both English and Spanish. The number is 800-273-8255. The other number I want to give you is the Crisis Text Line. You can text GO or START to 741-741. Thank you for listening to the Self-Care is Wellness podcast with your host, Dr. Kelly Holder. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave a rating or review. To catch all the latest from me, please visit my website, kellydholder.com. It's always a great day to be well. See you next time. Bye.